Action fanatics, welcome to the Halloween edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I'm your host, Chris the Brain, and joining me once again, my co-host, Chad Cruz, right here in Spooky Season. Spooky Season. That's good. Yeah, thanks. You know, I think I, I, was, this, I thought we were having more audio problems there. For yeah, <laughs> the scariest thing that we could do, I think, for the for the listeners is to have a podcast that lasted like four hours. I don't think we're going to be doing yeah. that. Uh, our, our recording time is limited here, so okay, <laughs> we can only keep it to about two hours uh, before they charge us. Uh, speaking of people who might charge us for something, he's back again. He's in the guest chair. It's the toy man, Christy Petrillo. That's right. What am I going to charge you for? Come on, free autographs for everybody. Uh, uh, all right. Well, then send us some yeah, free and, figures uh, as well. I bet you you would charge oh, us yeah. for the figures. No, I I would. I mean, you know, Mr. Jim Cornette might charge you because he's got quite a uh, collection of Midnight Express figures that you can get exclusively at jimcornette.com. Cheap plug in the beginning there. But uh, yeah, we're not here to talk figures right now. We're here to talk cops, especially one cop in particular. Oh, yeah, we are talking about the maniac cop. But before we do that, I think it's only right that we take a moment out to remember one of the great character actors of, of our lifetimes, Mr. Burt Young, or as we probably know him best, Chad Pauly from the Rocky movies. Yeah, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's, it's sad anytime you lose someone. And uh, I feel like Burt Young was as, as much a part of most of our childhoods as, you know, like literally any of my relatives, right. <laughs> you know, aside from, aside from my immediate family, uh, I spent more time with Burt Young as, as Polly than I did any of these assholes. So wow. yeah, it, it's tough when you, when you see an actor that you really appreciated and you really, really loved, uh, go down, but you know, they say it happens in threes brain. Yeah. So, so who's next? It was a sad week in this household. Yeah. That was uh, that was for sure. We had Suzanne Summers just a couple of days before that. Uh, yeah. As you know, as I've mentioned on the podcast, little Zach and I are constantly watching Three's Company. But I mean, I'm going to have to agree with Brain. Uh, as much as Paulie was a beloved character, uh, you can't forget him as Lou in Back to School. Back to School. That is absolutely my favorite Burt Young role. Uh, the big bar brawl that he takes out the whole football mm-hmm. team because he's awesome. Uh, I know Chad did uh, break out his thigh master uh, in honor yes. of Suzanne Summers uh, yeah. passing um, as well. So I did. They're one, they're burning right now, actually. <laughs> ones <clears throat> ones we have lost. Uh, never never a good thing. But uh, he he lived a long <clears throat> life, and obviously his memory will live on through his work. Um, and uh, yeah, we you know I'll, that Chipmunks Christmas song is going to hit a little different this year, I think, Chad. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Your uh, robot that you have wandering around your house will. Oh yeah, it's just it'll feel a little odd, a little that, off. Yeah, it it will, it will, and things are a little odd and a little off because again, it is spooky season, and uh, I know I've been trying to get in as many uh, spooky movies as I can. Uh, I've already watched a couple Nightmare on Elm Streets. I had a little Jason Lives on Friday the Thirteenth. You had to do that. Yes. Uh, of Night of the Creeps. I've watched some Chopping Mall and I've watched the movie that we're going to be discussing here today on the podcast. It is from 1988. It's celebrated its anniversary a little bit. What could that be? The 35th anniversary earlier this year, May 13th to be exact. Maniac Cop Toy Man. I know this is one of your all time favorites. You covered the entire series on Bulletproof Action. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, but uh, I ran through the entire trilogy. Um... This is one of my favorite movies, uh, my favorite sets of movies. I can still remember the first time I saw it when my cousin took it home from the video store. Another one straight out of the video store era. Fond memories of watching this one. And I'm sure I will have fond memories of talking about it here tonight with you fine gentlemen. Yeah, this one directed by William Lustig, uh, who also directed both the sequels and the patriotic horror film Uncle Sam. Have you ever seen that one, Chad Cruz? I have. I actually... uh... Uncle Sam, and then I believe Jack Frost was another one, kind of in that same era. Yeah, uh, two of my favorite like rando horror yeah. movies. Uh, I had no idea it was the same director, but it makes total sense. It does. Yeah, we had Ice Cream Man around the same time too with uh, Clint Howard. Oh shit, he's frightening just to look at. 
<laughs> Imagine him as an ice cream man. Ugh. Diabolical. So the movie kicks off. We see Officer Cordell putting on his uniform, loading his gun, putting his cuffs in. He's just getting ready. He's getting ready for business. And it's all happening under the opening credits. Um, and then we see a, a woman leaving a bar, Casey Phillips. Um, and she doesn't make it very far, Chad. And she's nearly <laughs> mugged. Uh, you know, the, the mean streets of New York City are on full display as this movie opens up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. You know, you I believe she worked at the bar, correct? Yes. She worked at the bar. So she's just heading home after a long night of serving beverages to the fine folks in New York City. And uh, a couple of assholes try to mug her and Lord knows what else. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't take she doesn't take shit. No, she fights back. Um yes manages to make a run for it then the music really picks up jay chataway is the one who did this and the music i when it happened i'm like i know i've seen the name before and it sounded very canon at this point and when i looked him up it was not surprised to see that he did missing in action invasion usa braddock uh missing in action three and then he also did red scorpion which was another shapiro glickenhouse movie which is the, the company that made Maniac Cop. So he uh, oh, yeah. he did some good uh, kind of B. He had a good B movie career uh, with some of the more prominent names in that direct to video world that uh, Toy Man just mentioned. Um, so Casey ends up hiding, finds a hiding spot, but then sees a cop. Oh, okay, this is this is perfect. This this cop could help her. She's running towards him, trying to get his attention. He's seemingly not registering this. And uh, it's not just any cop. It's Cordell. And he just kills this woman. Like, no problem. Total ease. Just takes her up. Snaps her neck. This is a big man, Chad Cruz. Yeah, he picks her up by the throat. Breaks her neck like it's a like a pretzel stick. Um, and we, we don't get to see his face. But we see the reaction uh, of hers yeah. from seeing his face. Which... Which is, you know, that's a cool thing to do in, in movies, right? The, you know, I don't, I don't need to see it right away. I, you know, kind of build that tension up as to how fucked up it is, right? And because uh, we get to see her face, and she's like, "Oh shit," you know, and and yeah, he's strong as hell. He is, and the ironic thing yeah. is, the guys who were chasing her see see the whole thing go. But uh, so when they're getting arrested, they're like, "It was a big cop, a big cop," and you know, of course. These the other cops are just thinking these guys are trying to throw somebody under the bus and, and right you know of course they're not gonna be like yeah we we killed her no you know that doesn't happen too often but you know what who is suspicious of or who believes them is our detective Frank McRae played by one of my all time favorites Mr Tom Atkins uh, old gruff Tom Atkins he's uh, you know I, I started my spooky season off with Night of the Creeps. I always end spooky season with Halloween three. So it was good to have a little Tom Atkins in the middle as well. Um, McRae <laughs> goes to, you know, I actually watched that, I believe on Valentine's day this year wow, or, or around that time, because that was one that I had not ever seen that remake. So I was happy to watch that. Um, so yeah, he goes down to the morgue to check out, old Casey Phillips and, and get the report. And he's like, there's no way those, you know, two, two kids could have done this to her. Right. Maybe that, maybe they were right. Maybe it was a, a, a cop. And of course his partner, Lovejoy is, doesn't even want to be there, uh, which I don't blame him. Um, but he's like, nah, whatever. It couldn't be a cop. So now we see a couple stuck at a red light. And there's an officer who taps on the window. And once again, Chad, it's the last officer you want tapping on your window in the middle of the night. Indeed. And uh, you start to think, you start to wonder, you know, I assume it's the same cop at this point. Right. But uh, could you have a copycat killer? Could you have multiple guys out there murdering people? I mean, he kills them in a different way. So it's like you don't have a serial neck breaker out there. But right. uh, but yeah, it's it's no one is safe is what we're seeing. Indeed. And uh, so, yeah, he kills the dude. He has him basically looks like he's doing a sobriety <clears throat> test one second and the next second he's killing him. The girl that was with him 
she's in a panic. She get, hops into the driver's seat and drives off. Fortunately for her, she escapes. The next day, Chris, our man Frank McRae, has got to talk to the commissioner. And whoa, what a <laughs> what a wonderful all star playing the role of Commissioner Pike. Do you mean uh, the co-star of Crack House, the co-star of Blood Fist 3, the original Shaft himself, Mr. Richard Roundtree? You better believe it. I am definitely talking about Shaft in this case, Richard Roundtree. Uh, and McRae is all in on this, this potential that it's a cop. And he's like, hey, maybe we should check out some mentally disturbed cops. And, and to his credit, I mean, it's, there hopefully is less mentally disturbed cops on the force than there are like six foot plus dudes walking around New York City. <laughs> He's really trying to narrow the scope of his investigation there. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, kudos to him. Uh, McRae actually seems to be on top of this case the entire time. Like he 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 figures all this stuff out. He's a hell of a detective. I'm very proud of him. Yeah, there's not doesn't seem to be a lot of other people attempting to find out what the hell is going on. Uh, they're all like kind of reacting to everything, right. whereas he's trying to kind of solve it and, and figure out who's doing it. Although it's kind of like a reaction in his own right, because he's apparently got a couple of skeletons in the closet that might be steering him down that path. Right. And that's something, yeah, Pike's like, OK, you can do that, but let's not let the whole world know we're, we're thinking it could be a cop. Um, and then, yeah, and as you said, Chris, like McRae almost killed himself not too long ago because he had some emotional issues after losing a partner in the line of duty. So definitely uh, something of interest there. And uh, it's time for another victim, though. This movie does not waste any time. It's really establishing yeah. the maniac cop. Uh, you know, I know last time we talked about how the movie may have ran a bit long when we talked about Remo Williams. You do not have that issue here in Maniac Cop. It's moving, moving, moving. We get a musician leaving a gig. Uh, he gets, you know, officer stops him. Officer Cordell, hands behind his back, cuffs him. And then the guy's able to make a run for it. But much like Remo Williams, we have another cement kill. We do. But this one, much more just deliberate and you know, he guys falls face first into the cement and then Cordell comes behind and just forces it in there, smothering him in wet cement. And then they got to get the old jackhammers out the next morning to get the guy out of there. Yeah. That's a pretty awesome scene. You've got, you've got to think that the guy, uh, you know, obviously he was in a panic, but you know, he could have just turned his back to the elevator or the door buzzer and probably, you know, managed to hit a button or two with his fingers, but he was trying to use like his nose. He was, he was, yeah, he was desperate. He was there. And, uh, and shout out to Matt Cordell's nightstick. That's actually a a giant sword slash knife. Uh, I always enjoyed that weapon as a kid and it is still very intimidating and very cool to look at in these movies. So then McRae, you know, again, he's, he's going to play by his own rules and we're going to see that here because he invites a reporter friend to meet him at a bar. Um, and she immediately goes into reporter mode and talks about maniac cop. I mean, that's a great headline. That's what yeah. you want to do in the news business is you want to sensationalize things and get people's attention. And maniac cop is a hell of a title. And I love when they say the title of a movie in a movie. So good for you, Regina, you did a wonderful job. Um, and then McRae just gives her like a whole file. Like here's everything I know. <laughs> Feel free to quote me. I don't give a shit. So much for being discreet. Yep. Yeah. To hell with what Pike says, <clears throat> but you almost, you know, then the very next scene, we realize why Pike <laughs> wanted to keep it quiet because we then get an innocent cop. Who's just trying to help a woman who's having car trouble. And right. he gets shot because she <laughs> now saw the news report that there's a maniac cop out there killing people yeah i mean it, it could have worked either way really i mean obviously in the in the film it works in the way that you just mentioned an innocent cop gets killed but uh also you know there's a serial killer out there uh who's dressed dressed like a cop and who's right. a big big guy like it seems like if we let people know they'll be you know watching themselves a little more closely but but yeah i mean just journalist it's weird because most movies they'll have like a journalist that's helping the police 
and they they have good intentions and they they want to nail this guy before anybody else gets hurt but she really just wants she like, wanted the exclusive she just the exclusive yeah, yeah fame <laughs> so good for her she's a career woman yeah. yeah good for her indeed um a real journalist the heat is now definitely on though, because now we've got a, a killer cop potentially. We got the citizens afraid of the cops, killing cops, and Captain Ripley wants to nail this bastard and Chad Cruz. As if though this movie needed another <laughs> amazing yeah. actor. We get your man, William Smith. The one and only William Smith. And you know, he he kind of like he always kind of falls into these roles and looks different. You know, you can always tell it's William Smith, but you know, he's got the kind of the buzz cut here and the accent and, and it's like, you know, I, I don't know. William Smith, I just don't know what to make of the guy. Like he, he's such a uh, intimidating kind of person on screen and such a brilliant man, I guess like behind the scenes, as far as like, you know, just his past and the history of William Smith and what he's gone through in his life. And, uh, it's weird that some of the roles that he takes, he's it, it's not a huge role, but like as soon as he comes on screen, you're like, Oh shit, it's William <laughs> right. Smith. Like right. it's like exciting to me when I see him. Yeah, your uh William Smith post that you did some time ago, one of the uh one of those bulletproof action posts that gets hot every once in a while. People just get into William Smith mode. Oof. And uh that that's always Always appreciate it when people visit bulletprofession.com and just read anything. But I love when something random from the archives just right. suddenly has, like, I don't know why, but this has 37 people that just checked it out in the last hour. Keep, keep them coming, folks. All right, Chris, at this point in the movie is where I would have probably sat and said, I was told that Bruce Campbell was in this movie. And indeed and in he fact, is. He is. And indeed he is. We meet him. He is Jack and uh, he's married unhappily to Ellen um, who has a maniac cop scrapbook. And we'll get into that a bit, but yeah, they're, they're having marriage troubles. Um, he's a cop. He keeps taking all this OT work and you know, she has to wonder, is it to get away from her uh, just from the few moments Probably. I've known yeah, from the few moments that I've known this character I would agree. Uh, that's why he would do it. Um, you know, she's all over the place, Chad, and she's like afraid yeah. of him, but she doesn't want to be left alone. But he's already committed to it. He's going to make it up to her. And then Chris, as soon as Jack leaves, the phone rings, and, and uh, that's when uh, we find out why she might have that maniac cop scrapbook. Exactly. Somebody is playing mind games with this woman who's in a fragile state as it is and taking advantage of it uh, because yeah, this woman's on the other line. It's like, Oh, he's left. Hasn't he? Oh, is he going to go kill again? Whoa. And then Alan's like, I'm going to find out if he's going to go kill again. So she throws her jacket on, grabs her gun and uh, follows Jack who goes to a seedy motel, not too far from where they live. And that's when she goes into the motel room and catches Jack in the midst of an affair with policewoman Teresa Mallory, played by the cannon-hating Laureen Landon. Uh, she pulls her gun on both of them, uh, but nothing comes of it. She just runs off, heads back home, but that's when she is snatched up, presumably by the maniac cop. We see the gloves, the white gloves. Yes. Yeah, I mean... I, what a what a devastating thing to see you know you you follow your husband you're already having problems you're she's mentally in a terrible place and and she walks in and he's you know having some sexual Bumping uglies, yeah he's fucking oh okay but uh yeah i mean it's tough for her but it's probably still not as tough as being murdered murdered <laughs> Murdered by murdered. a psychopath. Murd, murd, murd. The murd is the word. <laughs> yeah, and she gets, I mean, she has her throat slit from ear to ear, I believe, as Captain Riley will Jesus. will uh, say. And uh, so, he, yeah, Captain Riley uh, 
after the housekeeper at the motel finds the very dead Ellen in the very same room which she where she caught Jack and Teresa, Captain Riley comes in as they're doing roll at the precinct, um, and hey, I got to talk to you, Jack. It says they found your wife dead, and Jack, you know, being completely innocent, it's like, oh yeah, I saw her at the motel, and like, so uh, <laughs> like, all right, well, this is why you don't really speak until you have a lawyer <laughs> present. So he's he's arrested and things just get worse because the cops go to the apartment. They find the maniac cop scrapbook, which Toy Man has one of those as well, I believe. Oh, don't I wish. <laughs> they also see the diary where she's like, I think my husband's the maniac cop. Damn it. So, yeah, Jack is screwed at this. Yeah. Point. Not to mention, you know, in the hotel room, they they found a, Here we uh, go. a towel and on the towel was uh, just like his calm all over it. Yeah. So that's how they knew he was there. Thank you. It's a very scientific way of putting it, Mr. Cruz. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone knows it's jizz. is the scientific term. <laughs> Splooge. This is okay. Um, spunk. Yeah. Well, Jack's lawyer is like, hey, you know what? Why don't we just call it insanity? And like, wait a minute, dude, I'm innocent. Yeah, he's like, holy shit, no. no. Uh, you know, and there's someone who could back me up, but I don't want to really go down that path until I absolutely have to. And he's just trying to protect the identity of his police woman girlfriend, Teresa Mallory. Um, we then get to see McCray and Ripley uh, at the bar and kind of seeing the public's reaction on the news uh, about what they think of this maniac cop. We get to see a good uh, little cameo there by George Buckflower, which is always wonderful. Um, and then, uh, McCray again, this is where I said, he knows he's like, I think Jack is protecting someone. So he goes to see Jack. Um, and Jack will does reveal to him like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm banging Teresa Mallory. You know her. Nice. And he's like, Oh, good. Good on you. Everybody's been trying. <laughs> it's made it sound like everybody's been trying to hook up with her and we're, we're obviously unsuccessful, but old Jack, right. he got it done. Um, and then he's like, well, where is she? Because, you know, she could be in some trouble. She's work. She's a vice cop doing some undercover work as a hooker, as many times these things happen in these movies. Um, and that's where she has her encounter with the maniac cop in a dark alley. You don't want to meet the maniac cop, Chris, in a well-lit alley, let alone a fucking oh. dark one. No, especially when you are. Uh, undercover as a hooker, which is uh, either a lawbreaker or the mistress of the cop that you're apparently trying to frame because you placed his wife's dead body in the hotel room. So uh, things are not looking good for Miss Mallory here. No, they are not. And uh, fortunately, though, our boy McCray is on the way and he's like looking around for her. Then he hears some shots. He's like, oh, I think I found him. He tries to come to the rescue and it doesn't really work out. I mean, Chad, they are shooting the hell out of this maniac cop. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to face him. Yeah, they, they shot the shit out of him. But uh yeah, like you said, he just kind of keeps standing there and like walking towards him. So uh yeah, what the hell are we dealing with here at this point? Right. And McRae's like, it probably was a bulletproof vest, but Teresa like, I shot him in the freaking head. <laughs> How do you explain that? That's and I don't know one. that the, I don't think the movie really ever does explain it, but I don't think I care either. <clears throat> no, no, he's he's a maniac, by the way. Right, he is so. a maniac cop. So they, was, they're kind of the beginning of the implication where he kind of had some type of undead ability or yeah. was kind of like you know zombie-like figure. Yeah, supernatural. Yeah, there, there we definitely get some of that. And uh, maniac cop sounds better than supernatural cop. Right, I agree. Undead uh, cop sounds kind of cool, though. All right. Maybe you can write a movie about it. Spunk cop. All right. Better. That's something that oh. probably already exists. I bet you. Probably. Come for the copulation. Spunk cop. <laughs> now in theaters. <laughs> so You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> but you probably won't. All right. So they go They have a drink or two because after a situation like that, it kind of calms yeah. your nerves and you know what why don't you stay at my place don't answer the door for anybody but me don't answer the phone don't do anything just hang low or just go there 
I got to figure out what's going on. But wait a minute. Did you tell anybody about you and uh, Jack? And that's where we get the Sally Nolan character who uh, is with the police force, but she's kind of, she's in the file. She's the computer. She's doing all the info, the intel. She's administrative. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. She's, you know, she's had an injury and she's off the street and now she's using her abilities for administrative work. And again, McRae, obviously this mania cop must be getting info from the NYPD and Sally has access to all the info. So two and two together, she could be the source of his info, but why? I better go check this out. So he goes, makes some small talk, you know, oh, we probably bumped into each other a million times, but we never actually, you know, officially met. Yeah. Um, Happens to mention what happened to Teresa and Sally's all, oh, that's horrible, blah, 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 you know, and then she's she's heading home for the night. But McRae decides he's going to follow her. She goes to this condemned pier, Pier 14, for those in the know, Um, and that's where she meets up with Cordell and 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 McRae's he's he's watching from a distance. Um, And we find out that, you know, Sally is, in fact, helping him. But she was hoping, you know, he would come back and kill drug dealers and bad people. But he Punisher style, Punisher war zone style. Exactly, yeah. be a, be a vigilante type. Um, but you know, he obviously has a grudge against every the world for what happened to him, and we'll get into that in a bit. Um. So yeah, Sally then hears something though, and just starts shooting. <laughs> She just starts shooting, and it's oh, I must be hearing things. McCray has gotten out of there with undetected by her, um, and but when Sally turns around, Cordell is just poof gone. So now McCray is doing Cordell research, and we find out a little bit about him. He was a super cop who went too far, mm-hmm. ended up in Sing Sing with some of the very criminals he helped put away. He did not want any special treatment. Didn't want salt. He was just oh, fuck it. I'm going. <laughs> I'm in Gen Pop and I don't give a shit because oh, I'm yeah. fucking Robert Zadar. Uh, and we find out that Sally was his girl. And when, you know, what happened to him happened to him. She tried to kill herself, which is not why she's somewhat crippled now and off the street and just doing the administrative work. Um, so, yeah. He blames the whole system. It yes. is a bit of an act of vengeance. It, it is. is. Yeah. So Even though he kind of I mean, he brought it upon himself by just allow, you know, like, yeah, whatever, general population. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What what did you think would happen? I mean, you're like a super cop who's put away half the guys in the prison, and then you expect to just be there peacefully? Yeah, that's not going to fly. That's not going to fly, and it doesn't. So we we see the flashbacks. We see him murdered in the shower, or so we think he was murdered. Obviously, he wasn't quite murdered. Chris, explain it to me. Bird murdered. I wouldn't quite put it like that. It was, uh, you know, he got shanked, prison shanked or whatever, but... Classic. It, they leave it very ambiguous. Like, it looks like he's dead, but then somehow, uh, you know, he managed to survive, and then they got his body out of there, and then he rose again. It's like, it doesn't go full bore with the whole back-from-the-dead type of thing. Like, it kind of plays with the near-death stuff. But like you said earlier, it doesn't really explain how he's able to survive, uh, you know, things that would give Jason Voorhees a beating. Right. Um, kind of toes the line with that one. So right now, he's basically on the cusp of death, which has granted him some type of imperviousness uh, to these attacks. Do they go deeper into it in any <clears> of the sequels, or do, do we just accept it and we move on? I've never seen the sequels. That's why I ask. Wait, you haven't watched part two or three yet? No, sir. Oh, see, part two is, uh, you know, we're going to obviously keep going further with this review, but uh, part two is one of the rare sequels that I think actually does better than the first film. Hmm. So part two is definitely worth your time. And uh, part three does try to lean into a little bit of voodoo magic and supernatural stuff. Uh, the end product was, uh, 
not that great, but uh, both part two and three do star your friend and mine, Mr. Robert Davi. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's a detective, right? He is. He is the detective that uh, takes over the case of the maniac cop. Zadar and Davi together. <laughs> Zadavi. Zadavi. Put Clint Howard in there and I would just vomit endlessly. Oh, wow. That's very... Yeah. Okay. Well, Teresa and uh, McCray decide to visit Jack. They're under the guise that, hey, we're questioning him for the case we're working. Um, they tell him the theory. Uh, and apparently they also went to the DA, but the DA is like, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Whoa. Zombie, zombie killing bullshit. What is this? Some kind of movie? Um, so He said, listen, we... I don't need to hear about zombies. We found the guy's load all over the apartment. Yeah. The, the load. Right. Mm-hmm. McCray. It's like, all right, I'm going to go talk to Sally again. Teresa, you stay here with Jack and keep questioning him. Um, so McCray goes to see Sally. She's not there, but her purse is there. And why not just look inside? And that's where she finds Cordell's glove. Um, and then Sally's cane finds the back of mccray's head multiple times she just beat the shit out of him and she's freaking out and everybody's about to freak out because chris the freaking maniac cop is in the police station yeah and he starts uh tearing shit up which again something that gets capitalized on greatly uh in the second film um but yeah like he is uh pulling no punches taking no shit and uh we're building up to the final fight because we're heading back to the pier. Well, yeah. First, he gets yeah the big brawl with McCray in the final room. McCray is defenestrated, and uh, I know that Chad Cruz was very jealous when he saw that. Um, and he's dead. They, they killed <laughs> Damn McCray. It. Yeah, that was a tough way to go. Um, I mean, I could have pulled off that stunt myself. Here we uh, go. Had I known, I was only five back then, but yeah. Uh, you know, a nice leather jacket or like a trench coat and a wig. I probably could have pulled it off back then, but for now, like right now, definitely I could have pulled that off. I think the maniac cop wouldn't have had any issue throwing a five-year-old out a window, to be honest with you. From what I've seen, he's, he doesn't worry about anything. Yeah, like... I mean, he's a maniac. Yeah. Reckless. So obviously it's all hell broken loose here at the police station. <laughs> this does allow Jack though, to get out. Um, and you know, he and Teresa, they're going to keep McCray's appointment at Sing Sing. He set he set it up. They're going to go figure this thing out because how the hell is this guy? Wasn't he dead? Well, they are going to meet the doctor who examined his dead body, Dr. Hager. Um, and he kind of has to finally fess up that, you know, he wasn't dead and his body was claimed by a woman that being Sally. Um, so again, they don't, they keep it, as he said, ambiguous. We don't really know how this happened or why he's impervious to death now, <laughs> but we do know it's St. Patrick's day. So at least we got yeah. that going for us. Yeah, that's fun. Fun holiday. So this could be a, a great St. Patrick's day movie action fanatics. If you want to schedule your movies on the holiday, you know, because yeah. you know, there's a lot of action horror movies. You could put maniac cop over on St. Patrick's day. Isn't the uh, the movie Blown Away? Doesn't it have a St. Patrick's Day parade believe, in it? I believe it does. And Tommy Lee Jones' accent is awful. The uh, the second movie in the '90s to be called Blown Away because the first one was the one with the two Corys and Nicole Eggert, with the yeah. uh, famous Nud- scene of uh, Corey him and Nicole Eggert. Yeah, nudity. That's mm. why the toy man knows about it. Boner a, alert! It, it, come on, from Charles in charge to uh, Corey Haim taken charge. And jizz-tastic action in that one. <laughs> so, the yeah, so there, of course, if it's St. Patrick's Day, it's New York City, you're going to have the St. Patrick's Day parade, and you got to believe, all right, if Cordell is against the system, well, you're going to have some pretty big wigs involved. In yeah, you can take out a lot of the system at one time. <clears throat> um, so Teresa and Jack get back to the city. They're going to... He Jack obviously can't just walk into this police uh, department. He's kind of wanted. Um, he's he's a he's escaped, so she can go in there though, and she's going to talk to the commissioner uh, to let him know what she's found out. 
Riley and Pipe, they they discredit you. Like, we got this message from McCray before yeah. he died that uh, the maniac cop, his accomplice, is a policewoman. Well, you're a policewoman, right. and you're running around with this guy. Yeah, and they also found her fluids in that hotel oh, room. Yeah. Back to the fluids. Secretions all fluid. over the place. Um, <laughs> We've got... Fluid. This this podcast is very fluid, as you may know. Uh, so yeah, Pike and Ripley, like, listen, hey, random cop who's here with us, arrest, <laughs> yeah. this, arrest this broad. We're going down to the parade. And he's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. So they go to the parade, but they never make it. <laughs> they don't even. I think they get to the elevator, and Cordell gets them, so they're dead. This officer is like, hey, you know help me out here. This could really help my career. If, if you <laughs> tell me what you know about this and blah, blah, blah. But instead of getting ahead, he just gets dead. And uh, you know, it's always a bummer when William Smith dies in the movie too. Cause I'm like, Oh, he didn't even take a shirt off. Well, oh, he could like wow. beat the shit out of maniac cop. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's Conan's dad. Yeah. He was, uh, quite the opponent for Gary Busey as well. And I have the tiger. Indeed. Um, so yeah, now Teresa's cuffed to this dead cop, which is dead weight, literally. And she's still got Cordell coming after her. She manages to get uncuffed and goes out the window, out on the ledge. Jack, who was waiting across the street in the shadows for her, sees her and is like, oh, crap, look at what's going on. But the cops see him and are like, oh, crap, look at who it is. Throw him in the paddy wagon. Uh, and I'm glad I was able to type out paddy wagon and say it too, because yeah. it doesn't, doesn't if it typed it several times, just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And it's not something, a word you can use too often, unless of course you've been thrown in a paddy wagon and you're telling somebody about it. And I have avoided such a thing. Um, so Cordell now has made his way out there. He gets in the driver's seat of the paddy wagon and they take off. So now Teresa's back down there and she's like, Hey cop, you see what just happened? Go after those guys. I'm coming with you. They're headed to Pier 14. And he's at Pier 14. That that place is going to be demolished. Shut up. That's where they're going. So that's <laughs> where they're, they And that, in fact, is where they went. And Cordell's like, I got to get this son of a bitch out of the back of the paddy wagon. And I got a freaking axe to do it. So he uses the axe. Jack is cuffed. He's handicapped. And we get a Pier 14 brawl between the two. Okay, you threw in a nice little wrestling reference there. That's right. Eight better than a pier sixer, I'll tell you that right now. But uh, Cordell, Chad, he hears the sirens approaching. He does. And he's like, well, I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm out of here. Fuck this shit. So he obviously isn't too supernatural, because if he was supernatural, he he should just be able to, I don't know, disappear or something. Um, So he drives off. He ends up getting impaled, which is always a... He certainly way. made the uh, security guard or whatever it was uh, disappear when he uh, checked him with the paddy wagon. Yeah, indeed. Paddy wagon. That'd be fine. Keep saying it. Takes a long, so then he takes this long drive off a short pier. And it, uh, we presume this maniac cop has, has died. He got impaled. He's submerged. You know, you can't breathe underwater, Chad, from what I understand. Unless you use that tube that impaled him oh. as a breathing device. Oh, like a tracheotomy type deal there. Yeah, like a snorkel. Yeah. You know, it's, sta- it's stabbed directly into his lungs. So the air just flows. From the it, other side yeah, of the, yeah. From the water. It goes down right into his lungs. And uh, that's how he survives. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, who cares? I don't know. But they need to bring in a crane to pull the paddy wagon out of the drink. And uh, that's when they see, what the hell? There's no Cordell. But then we cut down to the water and we see his hand coming out. And we get the end credits. And obviously set up for a sequel, which we did get two more Maniac Cops. And so- actually in the, uh, in the extended version of part one, uh, it ends with a more specific way of seeing that he's alive because he's in the mayor's office, uh, comes out from behind a curtain to attack him. And we really? end with Matt Cordell uh, going after the mayor of New York. Huh. 
Interesting. So a little less ambiguous, a little more straightforward that he's alive and uh, he will be coming back for a sequel. But we still don't know why or how he's alive. I think the water, the water hand gimmick is much more like horror. Like, you know, yeah. it's like a, it's very yeah. much, you know, Friday the 13th style. So. But don't forget, like when they finally start closing in on him, like, I mean, he's got like the scars and like, you know, the, the beat up face and stuff. And it was, you know, obviously the Zadar features, um, but he looks like, you know, just kind of a little bit, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to say Skeletor, but I mean, you can almost see like the way the prosthetic makeup is on him and stuff like that. Like they're giving him these added features to make him look like he's been zombified or whatever, but he's right. still just, you know, kind of snarling like a horror movie villain. Right. So, it, you know, it does walk the line between being, uh, you know, straight up action thriller and then having those horror elements, but it never goes too over the top either of the way. Chad Cruz, do you have to, some final thoughts on Maniac Cop? I very much enjoyed it. I, uh, I'm going to, be honest with you, I think this is the first time I've ever seen it. Oh. Yeah. Um, I can't recall ever watching it in the past. Maybe I did. I just don't remember. But I, I right. like I said, I think it's the first time I've ever actually watched the whole thing. I've seen parts, bits and pieces here and there. I actually remember more of Robert Davi from the movies. So maybe I've seen... You've seen the sequels. Or yeah, I might have seen the sequel at some point. But, uh, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It doesn't kind of like screw around. It gets right to the killing and, and it doesn't like, you know, it doesn't waste a lot of time doing shit that it doesn't, you know, I don't care about. He's a maniac cop. He kills people. And then you got Bruce Campbell. Um, the cops are actually pretty smart. Uh, McCray was like, he was on it. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you probably could have had a better, you know, maybe a couple more interesting kills or something, but you know, you get what you get. So all in all, good times. I agree. Uh, Chris, I mean, this is a, a franchise you mentioned at the beginning. Near and dear to your heart. It is. I know you have a lot to say about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you can also read previous reviews if you go to bulletproofaction.com and check out No Surrender Cinema or just search Maniac Cop in the search bar and all of my columns will come up. But, uh, I mean, I can't believe it's been 35 years since this movie came out. Um, you know, way to make me feel like an old man here. But, you know, you know me. I have a, a lot of favorites and a lot of things that I rewatch. And uh, the Maniac Cop series, especially parts one and part two, um, I'd say maybe like at least once a year, um, maybe twice. I've always got them on at some point um, going through them. They're just, they're fun. They're entertaining. They're you know, like I said, they're not straight up slasher, but they're also not just a total uh, cop thriller. Like, I think they found the perfect blend. Um, it is cool to see some of those extended versions, uh, those added scenes sometimes kind of leading into the additional plot lines of part two and part three. Part three did kind of go a little uh, off kilter with the, it was almost like a Bride of Frankenstein type thing because there was a female cop that died that Cordell was basically trying to rescue like he had like an affinity for her was kind of like falling for her. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's one of those old standbys and it's a film that I think is right in the middle of a lot of people love it or a lot of people forgot about it. Like I've never really heard of any maniac cop hate, but I think that it's one of those movies that still manages to fly under a lot of people's radar. Right. Well, obviously yeah, it must've flown under Chad's radar. Yeah. It was one that, yeah, I just watched, I mean, it was just a few years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, and, and I hadn't watched it since then on this rewatch. Loved it just the same as I the first time. I mean, it's a very good movie. It's, again, it, all the things you guys pointed out doesn't waste any time, gets right to it. It's obviously a, a lower-budget film, but it has a lot of great uh, actors in it that you know we've seen in countless other things that we love and that always to me helps a movie um you know you have those recognizable familiar faces you're a little bit more willing to to uh maybe give it a pass but i don't really even think this movie needed to pass i think it was really well put together and kind of an interesting blend again the only real complaint you'd have would be like how the hell is this thing what like what is he like how is he indestructible and all that but you know sometimes you just gotta fucking shut your brain off and not ask these questions and just enjoy yourself and that's that's, that's what right. i felt 
you know, with, with this movie, just sit back and enjoy yourself. Don't think it through too much because you could ruin any movie if you start doing that. And, uh, yeah, you know, this, it was good. A, a perfect movie for our Halloween episode for sure, because it does have so many of those horror elements, uh, to it. Agreed. All right. Well, that is our Maniac Cop conversation. And again, check that out. Maybe we'll do Maniac Cop 2 next Halloween. Oh, we definitely should. It could be fun, yeah. I, I've always heard that was the best one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Chris, you mentioned that being no, I think the only one that might get hate would be that third one. Uh, by that point, you know, people may have checked out of the out of it but uh yeah we'll do mania i think we do it we'll do mania cup two one year from now as long as we're still doing this podcast which as far as i know we will be yeah okay do well, chad see. chad might not be here for it but i might not be you know chad will point out how old i am so yeah yeah i'll quit you'll actually probably die of natural just, causes just thank you well so the toy man will carry on our, our yes yeah, so it'll just be it'll just be him Toyman. It'll be so much better though. <laughs> yeah, Toyman and Ryan Campbell can can maybe somebody could find RTG. You know, people are really wondering where RTG is. RTG did uh, did seem to vanish on us, didn't he? Yeah, he I, did. I'm I'm curious about it too. I you know, like I, somebody on Twitter was like, "Hey, what's going on with Todd?" Like, and they responded to our like Jean Claude Van Damme post with this and i'm like i have not heard from from him is he doing okay i have not heard from has anyone him. checked I, in on yeah him. like i have not heard from him so uh you know hopefully he's doing if you're listening rtg hit us up yeah we're, we're worried about you where yeah we are and and obviously some people who, who read your your post on on bulletproofaction.com in the past and heard you here on the podcast are wondering about you as well so Maybe we'll we'll come. You know, his disappearance is almost as interesting as his updates on James Brown. So we got to see what's Ooh. going on. Uh, and I'm glad I did just mention. I'll mention it again. Bulletproofaction.com. We did recently celebrate the birthday of the great Jean Claude Van Damme, and uh, what a post that was. Soundtracks was back, and so much great music was yeah. spotlighted uh, on that. So if you missed that. You definitely want to check it out. But you also, if you're an action figure lover, you want to check out our friends at Figures Toy Company. This is where the toy man will charge you if you order some goods from this company. That's what? true, but I won't charge you an arm and a leg. I'll just charge you for the whole action figure body. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, we'll only charge you $19.99 for any of the DC Comics or Hanna-Barbera figures. We're having a big sale on a lot of the Warner Brothers-related properties, which means if you want to keep on collecting the Batman Classic TV series, the Super Friends, the Scooby-Doo, the Johnny Quest, the Birdman and the Galaxy Trio. You can get a selection of all of those figures. We're talking about hundreds of them now for just $19.99 each. Uh, it's a great way to stock up and save, get some gifts for the holidays, get a few new things on your toy shelf, and find a lot of your favorite characters before they sell out. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are very tempting for me all the time. I just... It's such a matter of room. Where do I put all these wonderful toys? I'm with you. Where? What does he do with all those wonderful toys? Now, where did he get? Where did he get those wonderful toys? That's right. That's right. Batman. You get him at figurestoycompany.com. That's where you get him. Oh, <laughs> nice. And yeah, like you said, the holidays right around the corner. So never hurts. You know, I did want to ask you about a, a, a license that you need to get uh, or look into because I would buy like one or two of these every year for our, our colleague, Matt Spector, who loves James Bond. Who, why aren't there James Bond figures? I mean, I know they've had them in the past. We need some James Bond. There, yeah. I mean, there's such a collection of people. Oh yeah. I want a Yafet Koto freaking James Bond <laughs> figure. So what I'm looking for basically <clears throat> I mean, it might be easier to get a Yafakoto Eye of the Tiger figure um, because I think the James Bond license, uh, given the various uh, famous actors that have played him and stuff like that, you're probably looking at a couple of 
different estates to deal with as far as likeness. Uh, and I know, yeah, there might be something with Yafa because they made like, like Reaction made the aliens or alien figures. Yeah, but I yeah. don't think yes. there was ever. And you know that Funko has made uh, James Bond, but uh, Yafet was not in that either. So those Reaction figures can eat my ass. I hate those oh, things. Oh, they five points of articulation. I don't care. I don't want to buy those. They're so expensive. Yeah. They keep they're like GI Joes. Who wants a fucking GI Joe that can't bend its arms? How are we making figures forty years later that suck worse than the figures that came out before? Give me a break. All right, all right then. That was uh, go to figurestoycompany dot com. Figurestoycompany dot com way better than Reaction. Fuck those guys. <laughs> it's retro versus Reaction tonight. You know, I know somebody else who was really upset with the Reaction figures prior to his passing and i'm talking about adolfo shabadu canones who i don't think got a dime for them making those breaking figures which is a damn shame yes. because if anybody deserved it it was a man who brought us so much joy in two different yeah. canon classic films <clears throat> three if you count lombada um a lot of pleasure was had from that one what Lombada, the Forbidden yes. Dance? Yes, you that's better, what I'm saying. You, you better believe it was. Uh, you know, the Lombada War was quite the war between Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus, uh, and the world benefited from it. Uh, so yeah, fuck you, reaction. I guess nope. I have a few of those, but yeah, you do. I have the Karate Kid ones. I just keep them in the in their their gimmick yeah. anyway. So what do I care if they're articulated or not? I, you know, there there was a time where I almost bought a few of them for my boy because we'd watched. I was like showing him like Big Trouble in Little China, like not the movie, but like I was like preparing him to watch the film. Yeah. And then we were at a toy shop uh, shortly after that, and I saw uh, a couple of the figures. I don't remember who it was, and I was like, "Oh, I should totally get those." Yeah. And then I remember that they're reaction figures, and they suck. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, if it's Destro, Cobra Commander. Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow, chances are good I'm going to have them. And I do have those. I'm a little upset. While we're talking toys, uh, Hasbro, with these boxes without a window, are going to prevent me from buying Quick Kick. And I really wanted a Quick Kick figure, but if I'm not going to be able to see him, what the hell do I care? And if I open him, then I have to open all the other ones that I have. And that's true. That that's stupid. That's just trouble. Why? Yeah. What, that that kind of you know the leave it in the box crew. I'm I'm not a leave it in the box guy. I will leave it in the box if it's got the nice window and you can still see the figure. Like I, I would, have those that way. Now my wrestling guys have I have they're unleashed now, and that's and I know what that problem is because now I have 52 cabinets because these things are unleashed. Well. Yeah, that's a problem, I guess. So that's why I'm like, if I open Quick Kick, then I'm going to open, again, Destro, Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, Cobra Commander. And then I'll be like, well, wow, these guys now, instead of a box on a shelf, I could put where that box was, two two figures could stand side by side. Now I got more room. And then I'm going to get, if I got more room, then I could get more figures. What about like your your Barbie collection? Do you open those or do you keep I those in boxes? I don't have a Barbie collection. Mm, I don't believe you. Just the holiday Barbie. Just every year, the special edition. <laughs> I don't. It's fine, dude. It's this, cool. ab- this abuse that I get around here. Um. So, yeah. Bring me a windowed quick kick and I'll buy them, Hasbro. Otherwise, to hell with you. And also, where the hell's my brother love figure? While we're also talking about figures, he's become the white whale, the white whale with a pink face. You got to call yeah, my boy, di- Jason Wolf, dude. On that, uh, distribution on that wave really stunk. Yeah, it stinks. All canceled right. all the pre-orders. Uh, he, he did pop up in stores around here, but I haven't seen him in a while. He popped up in a store in California. Now, whether my California connection bought this figure or not, I don't know. And whether I'll ever see it. Until California comes to Ohio, I won't know either until it happens. So there's that. 
I bet everybody's really riveted that we're getting into this toy convert that this has become a toy podcast at the end. What What do you think, Chad? Well, I mean, if they're still listening, then they're already not right in the head. That's well. So, there is that. There is that was that. a that was a Braveheart reference for you. Okay, all right. Um, but, bring it, uh, bringing it back to somewhat of an action. Podcast. Yeah, I mean, this is you know, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, you're a big movie guy. You're probably into collectibles and shit. Um, you probably started your career by sitting cross-legged on the floor playing with G.I. Joes and shit, just like us. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, the guys who are buying all that shit is is us. There's, you know, 40-year-old yeah. guys, you know, or brain, you're 60, but, you know. I am. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> oh, goodness. That's fun. Yeah, it's great fun here on the Bulletproof Podcast. And again, if you want to see the fun we have on social media you can check us out at bulletproof pod on twitter and at bulletproof action on instagram facebook and the one that chad follows the most threads yes Uh, and of course bulletproofaction.com is the official website of the bulletproof podcast as i mentioned we recently had our big jean-claude van damme countdown of the greatest songs to ever appear in his films and you know i think that's one of the reasons for me one of the many reasons really that Jean-Claude Van Damme was always superior to Steven Seagal. He had, he, he was like the full package. Yeah. He had the look, he had this, you know, maybe Seagal was the better martial artist. We'll never know, but Van Damme had more charisma. He had, you know, he had more of the sizzle around him to, to make him bigger in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm, Here's here's my thought. I don't think that I have to choose one or the other. No, I, you don't have to. But I can I, just enjoy them both. And and I like you, Van Damme was always my guy. Right. And he still is to this day. Uh but I I love early Seagal. I you know, I've said it many times. I think his first five films rival any other actor's first five films. Um action wise. But uh yeah, I mean Van Damme can, is there anyone more beloved by the action community oh, than Jean-Claude Van Damme? I don't think so. Maybe Chuck Norris, but that could be out of fear. I think it's more Shokasugi. Shokasugi, but just the breadth of, of of work and like Van Damme just has so many great films. Yeah. Uh, and so much great music in it. And that is why we did a countdown. Yes. Uh, uh, so check that out if you missed it. Chad... You got that Jet Li uh, post you're still working on? Yeah, that, that one's still kind of in the research stage. Uh, I've been, as you know, I've been talking about doing it for some time, and the excitement level is still at an all time high. But uh, <laughs> for who? Yeah, for I think for everyone involved. Okay. For me, for Jet, yeah, and for all the potential readers. So yeah, keep an eye out. Keep looking for it. It's coming. When it comes, it's going to come so hard. Yeah, it's going to be all over a motel room. Um, yeah, well, I think that's about all I have. Might might do something with the blob for Halloween. Uh, keep, yeah. Keep your eyes open for that because, again, it is spooky season. We have had quite a bit of uh, spooky content on the site, which yeah. is the season for that. I don't quite know what we're going to do on this show next time, Chad. Yeah, I leave that up to you. But uh, you know, I have some ideas. We, I know we want to bring in a special guest, so we'll have to see how schedules will work with that uh, okay. and, and make that happen. Of course, you know, oh, I didn't, I'll be back. I'm sure Toy Man will be back at some point. For sure. Uh, I do have an idea <laughs> for Christmas. Uh, a Christmas episode feels to me like it has to be Invasion USA. Uh, okay. You know, I, as I've said many a time, if every time we talk we talked we talked about a canon movie you wouldn't offend me at all um i love canon unlike laureen landon that bitch exactly burning freaking copies of movies mortal enemy she yeah she is she is i i i could have went off on a rant about her during our discussion of mania cop but i wanted to focus on the movie which was a very good movie despite the fact that she's a canon hating woman uh, I'll try to be respectful. Um, all right, guys. Anything else before I, I hit stop on this thing? 
No, I think we're good. Well, if the I think we've gotten all of the maniac copness out of our system. Until so. next year. Till next Til, year. Till next year when Maniac Cop 2. So be prepared. I don't know what episode that will be exactly, but it will be. Yeah, hopefully not a full year. We'll see. Yeah, maybe we could do two and three next October. Oh, God. Just back to back Maniac Cop. You know, if this thing blows up, if this is the episode that finally blows up, we'll know that people love Maniac Cop or that they just love us talking about toys and Chad Cruz going off on companies. We'll find out. Companies, you mean? Companies. A lot of jizz talk in this one. And, and we didn't have, have the jizz master himself, PL, on the show. That's uh, true. <laughs> it, oh, I mean, he might be back, too, at some point. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned. Uh-oh. Let me do that again. Jesus. I almost died. I almost died that natural death that Chad Cruz <laughs> has, has said I would have. Let me get a, get, get a swig of water. So, yes, thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 